Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this wild world of collapsing timelines and quickening time frames, I hope that you are able to act as if you have the best of all relationships, all your friendships, all your family, even your romantic relationships. But we did speak about that on Monday, but I hope that you are able to feel and affirm all of the relationships that you want And the ones that are not serving you, I hope that you're able to rise above. If you ever watched the movie, the secret by Rhonda Byrne and a whole host of other people, uh, that, you know, guest starred, I suppose in the movie, you will remember that they said in one part of it, that if you have a super high vibration, and somebody's being very negative and very rude and they have a very low vibration that it's going to be that you will not be able to be in the same room as that person. The universe will just take you up and out of that situation. And then they had a dramatization of course in the film where a woman was just happy and her life was going really well. Like, You know, she looks like a business executive and she's got all this money. She's doing well for herself. And her husband's always trying to argue and be mean and hold her back and hold her down. And she was jealous. I mean, he was jealous of her. And it's like, oh, oops, I got a meeting. Bye. (laughs) I got to go. Universe is ringing. (laughs) I got to pick this up. You know, so... Maybe you're in a situation where you have friends, but they're not being very good to you. Like maybe they're backbiting, backstabbing, or they give you all kinds of compliments, but they're backhanded. Oh, I hate that. Hate that. Ooh. Oh, nice dress. I liked it the first time you wore it last year. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things like, um, Oh, that's a pretty lipstick. That's last year's color, isn't it? You know, like stuff like that. Like, I mean, honestly, for me, I don't give a crap. I'm not a fashion mogul or whatever. I, I don't even know anything about fashion. I mean, I'm always wearing t-shirts and sweats. I mean, it's just, you know, like 
I don't always dress like this, but you know, since the pandemic, it's just, it's gone pretty downhill. (laughs) I did just buy some really nice jogging outfits. I can't believe I did. I can't believe I'm admitting it. It's kind of hilarious, but, um, I bought one that says Lake Michigan on it, which I think is pretty darn cool since I did live in Detroit for a minute. But, uh, yeah, I, I just like a lot of people have talked to me about losing friends, sometimes totally random out of nowhere. And some of you have written to me and told me about, um, you just don't want anything to do with any, this one person anymore. You've known them 20 years and you've had it. It's over. You know, you're finally done. You know, it's like, you've got a PhD in opting out of that relationship. PH means finally D means done. P I got a, I got a PhD in dropping you. <laughs> you know, um, like one of my friends is being just rude as hell and kind of narcissistic and constantly needy victimish type of person towards my other friend, not as much towards me, a little bit towards me, but not, not where bugs me, but she's constantly leaning on my other friend and my, uh, and then when my friend is there for her, she'll drop everything. She'll drop important days, you know, with her husband to be with this person, you know, just on the phone for hours, just helping her and listening to her sob into the phone while she's not helping herself. My friend is just like, I'm over it. I just, it's like enough is enough. And I'm freaking done. And I'm like, okay, you know, and she didn't want me, she didn't want to put me in the middle, but the other friend put me in the middle. And I was just like, what the hell ever. And I just, it's like, for me, I'm like rising above, above, above. Like, I'm just like, I'm out of all that. I love you. And I'll be here for you when I can, you know, it's the way it is. And, um, neither one has, uh, unloaded what really happened too much on me. So it's like, eh, yeah, but that's, you know, it's like, sometimes you got to drop the people that are dragging you down so that you can rise up more. It doesn't mean you don't wish them. Well, doesn't mean you don't love them. doesn't mean you didn't try. Right. But sometimes you just need better friends. You need more in your life than what you have. You know, I have a friend who was a serious alcoholic and he had hardly any friends. And then he moved back East and he met a few people who he thought were were his friends. And they ended up being like junkies and they were just dragging him down. And he was like, Oh my God. He called me. He's like, I had a job. It was an amazing job. I thought my life was going to be fabulous here. And I got fired and my boyfriend broke up with me within a week and of, of being fired, you know, he's like, and I don't have any money for rent. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And he had to go and get food stamps. He's like, I've never in my life had to get food stamps. Like what the actual hell? Like, I don't even understand right now how I got to be in this position. This just sucks. Right. And he was still doing the drugs and the, not so much drugs, but drinking and dragging himself down and associating with people of that, um, vibrational level. And what you have to understand is for you to rise to a better station in life, you have to raise yourself up (laughs) vibrational. Um, you have to be a vibrational match to the people you want to match with, you know, you can't, um, 
hang out with junkies and expect, you know, to be rubbing shoulders with the presidents of corporations like Mind Valley Academy and, you know, <laughs> I don't know, can't think of another one, right? This, oh, Gaia, Gaia is another good one. I mean, you know, I'm thinking the good spiritual corporations, not the evil ones, <laughs> but you can't be, you know, in your life, you can't be, um, expecting to have great friendships and not being a good friend, obviously. So there's some obvious things there, but you also can't just like, if you want to hang out with educated people who understand what's going on in the world, you can't just go to the high school dropout convention. I don't know what that is. MAGA rallies. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I just saw really some wild clips from um, <laughs> like super uneducated people. And I think they maybe they seek out these people for the, the daily show. And anyway, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to get into the politics stuff. It's almost gonna, It's almost over. Oh, good God. I can't wait for it to be over. You know, whatever happens on Tuesday will be reversed on Wednesday anyway. But hey, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mercury retrograde hasn't been working that way for thousands of years. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) I mean, it's just so hard for me not to talk about this stuff. But, you know, you can't just walk into a place where everybody is super low in vibration. They're rude and negative. They're uneducated, they're backwoods type people. And you can't expect, you know, to vibe with them if you're like meditating and you're doing yoga and walks in the woods and eating healthy and feeding your mind healthy thoughts all the time. You know what I mean? So you have to vibe at a very high rate and you're going to attract high vibrational people, but you have to go to where the high vibrational people are. You know, um, I lived in a real small town with my kids growing up, Megalia with my husband and we loved it there. But at the same time, like I did not relate to any of the people, you know, my husband and I, we always joked that when we leave this town, there will be nobody with a degree. The teachers that taught in the grade school all had degrees, but they didn't live there. And we're like, it's like during the day, (laughs) there's a lot of educated people in the town. And then when the teachers leave, it's just you and me, you know, that's just, I mean, most of the people, even our, all of our neighbors had dropped out of high school. And so we, we had some of our neighbors were friends, you know, it's like, all right, you know, okay. You know, a couple of them were actually self-educated, which is awesome. But we had like zero in common until the one neighbor started to meditate. And then we had a lot of stuff in common with him, but we kind of became teachers for him. But, um, other than that, we were just like, man, we were really at a loss. We didn't know what to do, but what we did was we just, we hung out with each other. We hung out with the kids. We raised our vibration. And then we, I got a flash to take my daughter to school in, um, Chico, California. And all of a sudden a whole new world opened up before us. And for a time we had, a bunch of friends that were, um, parents of all the other children. They were incredibly awesome people and they were all educated. And we're like, Oh my God, 
it felt so great. It was like a breath of fresh air. Like finally, you know, we finally have friends that have what we have. Like, you know, they're, they're educated, they're smart, they're curious about the world. You know, my, my husband had gone into this store. It was like a hardware store. He was looking for, um, a specific kind of nail or something, you know, and he knew that that's the last stop before having to drive the 20 miles to the nearest store after that, that's, that actually would have what he wants. And so he went in there to this little place and he said something about, uh, we'll look it up. You know, this guy asked him a question. He's like, we should look it up. And he's like, oh, but the library's closed and I wouldn't know where how to look. And he's like, well, I mean, you should look it up on, on Google. I could do a Google search. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you know, it just, uh, you know, on the internet. And he's like, I, I still don't, I don't get you. <laughs> it's like, this wasn't like 40 years ago. Okay. This was like, well, now it's 20 years ago, but in the year 2000, you should know what the hell the internet is and Google and computers. And it's like, he had no clue. And, and this wasn't like an 80 year old man. This was like a guy who was 20. <laughs> And we were like, oh my God. And then my, my husband was joking with them and he said a very famous quote by Mark Twain. And the, and the guy was like, oh, that's hysterically funny. And he's laughed and laughed and laughed. Like my husband was like the smartest guy on the planet. And my husband's like, well, you know, obviously I didn't say that. It's actually, it's a quote from Mark Twain. And this guy says, oh, did he go to Paradise High School? I don't remember that name. And my, my husband just, his, he said, he's like, his heart sank, you know, like, he's like, oh my God. He's like, we can't be friends with people here. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, ridiculous. We were nice to everybody. We loved everybody. We prayed for everybody, but our true friends weren't there. We had to go pretty far away. And then we had friends from Los Angeles come up to visit and stay, you know, for two or three days here, a week there, you know, that was how we had to work this, you know, <laughs> or we had to go to LA. We had to drive, you know, we went to go see my family. We had to go to high vibrational people so that there's a vibrational match. And that's how you work this with friends. You know, you can act as if another thing is though, my friend who I told you about, who had this thing where he went back East and ended up on food stamps. He's like, what the hell is happening with me right now? You know, lost his job, lost his boyfriend. He came back to California and he had to go through some things, but he did get sober. And now he is a, an ordained minister and has his own congregation and he's doing incredibly well and so well. And, and, he, and back then, like when he was first trying to make it and he got jealous cause I had degrees. I'm like, but you're smart too. You could get degrees too. And he, he didn't believe in himself. I kind of talked him into it and he's like, well, I'll, I'll show you. And he did it kind of like a jealous thing from a jealous point of view. I'll show you. And then, then he just, we stopped talking to each other for a couple of years. And when we did get back in touch, he's like, I have this degree and I have this certificate and I did this and I'm going for this training. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. You know, and he's like, and I've read this book and I've taken that course. I'm like, oh, I read that book and took that course. Also, when, when we weren't talking, we read the same books and he was so mad again. Like, oh man, I can't compete with you because you're always 
curious and interested in the same things as me. And I never know more than you on any subject. (laughs) I'm like, but I'm older than you. And I've been at this a lot longer. That's the only reason, you know, but look where you are headed. And, and now he has his own congregation and I'm a doctor of divinity, but I never had my own church, you know? So I'm like, now you won, you won something, right? It's not about winning for me. I don't care. But he's like a little bit competitive like that. Like, ah, man, why not? But uh, he went and got his drug and alcohol substance abuse counselor um, degree. And he ended up, you know, doing that for a couple years for work, which he said was terribly depressing. After he got sober, he was helping other people get sober, basically. And but during all this time, he was like, I want to be rubbing shoulders with people in Hollywood. I want to know the famous people, the rich people, the people who have a going on, the people who, if they sneeze, it ends up in the newspaper the next day. That's the kind of life I want to have. I'm like, well, what, how do we do that? You know, let's do it together. How do we do that? He's like, I don't know. He's like, well, I'm in LA. I'm like, well, there's a start. You know, you're no longer in Boston. That's for damn sure. So now you're there. So now what do we do? And he's like, I'm going to act as if screw it. I'm going to act as if, right. And he ended up buying, um, really, really, really nice clothes. And he started, um, treating his skin really nice. Like he always looked good, but he just started doing these, um, treatments with special, uh, care. I um, skin, new skin, I think. And he got younger and then he met his boyfriend because he was going up in vibration met the love of his life. They're still together 20 years later. And he was, um, he just started acting as if, and then all of a sudden everything came. He, his, his looks improved, even though he was already good looking, but his looks improved. His boyfriend, love of his life came. He got sober. Like everything started getting better because he started acting as if, you know, and he really, really passionately wanted the things that he wanted. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, that'd be cool. Hey, it wasn't like that. I was like, I want that. And I'm going to, you know, come hell or high water. I'm going to get it. Damn it. And I didn't talk to him for a couple months. And he called me. He's like, I, uh, went to a party. I'm like, Oh, awesome. He's like, I went to a party. I met this, this woman. And and she said, why don't you come over to this party that I'm throwing, uh, tomorrow night. And she saw him like dancing or something in a club. You know, and he was just, you know, he's sober. He was still sober at that time, at that time. But he's like in a club. I think he said he's drinking like a club soda and, you know, fruit juice or something. But he likes to dance. And and so he would go out dancing all the time. And she's like, you're a really good dancer. I want you at my party. There's going to be a lot of dancing at my party. And it'd be nice if you could just dress up really nice and and just dance on the dance floor. I feel like you have an open personality. You're going to get everybody uh, out of their shyness. And they're going to be able to dance too. So he gets there and everybody there were people who were nominated for awards in the Latino music awards convention or whatever. I don't know. It was like, is the Latin music awards or Latino music awards. And he was like, Oh my God, I knew all these people there. And he's like, tell me all these names. I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, now, I mean, I think he said Mark Antony was there. I'm like, whoever the hell that is, I know who he is now, okay? I've memorized a couple of his songs in Spanish already, okay? But 
back then I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about, but he was freaking out. He's like, remember when I said I was going to act as if and I'm going to meet famous people. And next thing I know, I'm friends with all these singers and these famous, um, dancers. And he didn't quite get into the actors, um, section of famous world, but he was on his way cause he was acting as if he was visualizing with the, and feeling that passion with this heart of, I want to be with those people. I know I'm a dynamic person inside. I know I have the ability to rise above where I'm at right now and in, in vibration and be an exact match for that. And he did it. And he was like, okay, <coughs> you know, here it goes. And then he's like, but I'm spiritual and I want to be an exact vibrational match for spiritual people. Next thing you know, he was, um, I don't know. Why am I thinking of her? I can't think of her name, but he started working with Michael Beckwith, Dr. Michael Beckwith, who was in the secret. And he was like, that was so much better because it was more of, it fit with who he was personality wise because he was a spiritual person. So he's now he's with famous people who are also spiritual. And why am I not thinking of her name? And she was in touch by an angel uh, a long time ago. And she died since then. Delia something. Um, she was really good friends with Michael Beckwith. And she's very, very famous and a Hollywood actress. And she had her own church. And she was very, very spiritual in the law of attraction, in into all that manifestation stuff. And so he ended up being such good friends with her that he was in her home like every week suddenly he was going to uh she had spiritual lessons she taught in her mansion she said this is my good fortune so i'm sharing it with you when you're here this is your good fortune too i want you to feel what it feels like to be in a beautiful place like this and she opened up her world and her home to the people who were her serious students and he got to be a part of her life for a while he ended up being friends with nicholas cage's ex-wife and ended up doing some stuff on TV with her. So now not only is he rubbing shoulders with people that are famous, he ended up being on TV himself, right? And it was through the friendships. And that's why I'm saying to you, pick where you want to go, raise your vibration to that level. And just, you have to impress upon your brain, the reticular activating system of your brain, which normally is in charge of fear, worry, danger, doubt, you know, all the negative stuff, but it keeps us safe. So you have to love it. You know, Oh, thank you for keeping me safe. Yeah. I should be afraid of that spider. That, that little fucker could have bit me and killed me. It's a good thing. I stepped on it in time. <laughs> I mean, some spiders to me look super cute and I, and I talk to them and wave to them and hope that they'll wave me with one of their eight arms. Usually they snub me. They don't wave back, but <laughs> if they're super cute, I'll let them be. But if they look really scary and I, and I know what a dangerous one looks like. And, um, sometimes I just, it's like, I, I, I apologize. I wish them good luck in their next life. I just, I have to do this. I'm sorry. Especially if they're super fast. Ugh, I had to kill one today. It just, it was on my it was on the towel that I put around my body when I'm done with the shower. Oh my God. I just, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't even with that. It makes me too freaked out. I just couldn't, but, 
but, um, but you got to impress upon the reticular activating system, part of your brain, which is kind of at the base of your brain at the top of your spine. And that's like when you feel like the hairs on the back of your neck, and you're like, Ooh, someone's looking at me in a weird way. Or you go out in the forest and you feel like there's a mountain lion looking at you. If there's one looking at you, that happens. Like the hairs stand up on the back of your neck and you just kind of bristle up all over and you just, Ugh. and you know, and you just look around like, Oh my God, I don't want to be food. I need to get the hell out of here. And it's, it's that part of your brain that gives you that thought, right? So it does keep you alive, but if you reprogram it and you pre-program it and you, and you get it ready so that you are ready when you meet your opportunity, you're going to be like, yeah, all right. You'll meet someone and you just got a good feeling. And then they say, Hey, why don't you come to my party? And then you get there and boom, there's all the people you wanted to meet. Oh my God. There's my next best friend right there in the corner. And she was waiting for me this whole time, but I had to raise up to that level, that vibration. Now we're a vibrational match. She's interested in spiritual stuff and she's interested in all the things. And now we're being friends and this is incredible, right? So basically you have to program your, your brain, program your reticular activating system for what you want. You have to communicate with it. You have to focus on what it is that you want. According to Dr. Joe Vitale, who also was in the secret, he said that his number one rule for himself for, for manifestation is to only focus on one thing at a time. And he doesn't mean like this hour focus on getting a car. And then at three o'clock you look at your watch. Now it's focus on getting a house. And at five o'clock, you're going to focus on getting the career, your choice, eight o'clock rolls around. You're focusing on the friends you want. No, you focus only on one thing. So you have to, out of the five things we're talking about today in the act as if series, or you know, five things we're talking about this week, I want you to pick the one thing that means the most to you that you want the most right now. Focus on that and don't stop. Just be like, be like a bulldog with a bone, you know, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're handsome Dan of Yale and you're just like, I'm never going to let go of this bone. I'm going to be there forever. Okay. You know, all right. Handsome Dan does not have a bone in his mouth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to watch Gilmore Girls <laughs> or look up anything at all about Yale and the handsome Dan. You'll see what I mean. They have a stuffed dog. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. It's just, it's strange. But, but, uh, you just focus on one thing and you don't stop thinking about the one thing and you never, ever, you push away all the thoughts of not having that thing. So tonight we're talking about friendships and we're talking about affirmations this week as well. So if you want to, as Joe Vitale says, change your beliefs to get a different reality. That's what we're doing. All right. So if you change your beliefs and you believe that you deserve the best friends, you know, maybe you have, <clears throat> maybe you always wanted rich friends and you scripted for that. Now you have rich friends, but you got snobby, rich friends. The ones who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and they've never worked a day in their life and they're really negative. And you know, maybe those are your friends are like, man, those are the wrong rich friends, right? You, maybe you don't want that. Maybe you don't care about that, you know, but, uh, maybe 
Instead, you, now you want spiritual friends. You want friends that are going to be authentic, genuine, respectful. They're going to honor you. They won't take advantage of you. They won't ask you for money. You know, the real friends that are going to not at every chance make you a victim of their whims. You know, you want to have friends that are going to love you, honor you, be there for you. The friends that you could call at three o'clock in the morning. If your uh, girlfriend or boyfriend broke your heart and they'll be there for you. You know, the friends that you could call at four o'clock in the morning with a great idea for a business plan or a funny joke you just heard, and they're not going to bite your head off and hate you and block you on all the Instagrams and Twitter and all, you know, Facebook and all that, you know, you don't want someone who's going to just block you at random. You need someone who's always going to be open to you, right? And someone that if they call you at two in the morning, you're going to be so grateful that you have such a great friend. Someone that you could just call and just shoot the shit with for like four or five hours at a time. And it'll feel like an hour has passed and you're going to be like, whoa, where'd the time go? Well, that's a good friend. You have a million things in common or maybe you have nothing in common, but you could just gab and gab and gab. Sometimes about nothing. You want the kind of friend that if you lost touch for 10 years through some random chance event, and then you got back together, it's going to be like you never parted ways with that person. And you're going to fall back into place right where you were with them 10 years ago. Those are the best kinds of friends. The ones that recognize your soul, they recognize your heart. You know, they don't pick you cause you're the fat friend and they're, they're going to look skinny next to you. <laughs> A friend of mine was overweight compared to me all the time. And she accused me of that once. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? She's like, I know I'm your fat friend. I'm like, what? And she's like, everyone needs one, you know, to make them look thinner. I'm like, that has never been in my mind ever. She's like, then why are you hanging out with me? I'm like, cause you're funny as hell. You've got a personality that's hilarious. I love, I love you. I love your personality. I love you. You're a good person. You got a good heart. You love animals. You have a wild and unconventional business that I absolutely adore. I'm a little bit jealous of. And she's like, Oh my God, thank you. I, no one ever told me that before. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you need better friends, but she had been doing all the right things when she met me. And you know, and we are still friends all this, you know, decades later you know, since 1994, but, um, that's what you, you have to do. You just have to keep focusing. And so imagine now, you know, you don't know the, the names and faces of the people you want to be friends with. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just a general feel of what you want. So if you close your eyes and you focus for a minimum of 17 seconds, according to, of course, Abraham Hicks, you just focus in your heart, remember to feel the feels. It takes about 17 seconds to really get that energy of love and, and joy and that high vibration, that purity of the friendships you're seeking. And then you have to close your eyes and imagine from your third eye seeing. Now, if you're not going to see their faces or what they look like, so you can maybe look at a, a 
fourth of July spread or, you know, like a Thanksgiving spread or, you know, okay. That's like very United States specific, but you know, wherever in the world you are, maybe you can imagine a, um, some kind of a, a gathering where you're, you're gathered together. You've got all this food and you're kind of looking down and you feel the energy of this high vibrational people around you. You can hear them laughing. You can hear them joking. You can hear and feel the music thumping through your body and you're happy and you just feel so alive to be with the most incredible friends you've ever had in your life. Right? So feel those feels. And when you see it in your mind, see a scenario where you don't have to look at the people directly because you you don't want to force. I mean, you don't want to like magically somehow force people to be your friend. Right? So if you just imagine that they're with you, like maybe you see, see them from the back and you see them, um, maybe they're all wearing ballroom gowns. Cause that's the kind of friends you want. You know, you want to go out dancing in, in, in the ballrooms. I don't know. Are there ballrooms anymore? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe you want friends to go bowling with. So you hear the, the sound of the bowling pins being knocked down and you hear people cheering. Maybe you are the one bowling and the people are behind you. And when you hit those pins and you get a strike, everyone behind you cheers because they're supportive of you. Maybe that's a scenario you can imagine. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever activity you want to do with your newfound friends. So have that in your mind's eye, feel it in your heart, what it feels like to finally be respected, finally be loved, finally be accepted for who you are (laughs) rather than trying to fit in with people who just don't work out for you. Right. And so, and then you speak it out loud with your affirmations using your throat chakra and you tell your reticular activating system. I have the best friends in the world. I am so happy now that these people that love and honor and respect and accept me are in my life. Remember to feel on that meter in your body. Where do you feel it? Is it very high vibration? Is it like on a scale of one to hundred percent? Is it ding, ding, ding at the top? <laughs> And you just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. So there you go. That is my two cents for the day. Um, (laughs) um, Today's collective card for all of us is taken from the rebel deck. I always go with my spiritual guidance on what deck it is for the day. This was what my spiritual guidance said today. This is the Oracle with attitude with zero filter, zero fucks and all fun. I mean, literally, it says at the top, open if you dare. And on the back says, brace yourself. (laughs) This is an oracle that is uh, quick and dirty and direct. So here we go. This is the card that came out as I was shuffling. Make better fucking choices. (laughs) Make better fucking choices. And you turn it over and it says... If you are pissed at where you are, then stop taking yourself there. If you are pissed at where you are, then stop taking yourself there. There you go. That's pretty good. Obviously a very direct message, pretty good message. So there you go. Uh, now we're going to go over to 
spaceweather.com and were you guys tired uh my son and i and even the cat again another day it's like the third day in a row very very tired very sleepy but the solar wind stream has stopped we're no longer in the middle of it so what we have well basically we do have the incoming solar storm which is coming and it'll be here pretty much uh, on the 1st of November, so Sunday. But we still are having those three magnet, maybe they're electromagnetic pulse waves coming from the Grand Central Sun, and that's like every, I would say roughly every eight hours it's happening. And when it happens, it's like this overwhelming tiredness. You might feel the need to get a cosmic nap in. That's why when I... That's what I call it. When you're normal, everything's fine. And all of a sudden you're just like powering down like you're a robot and your battery ran out. You're like, and you just want to sleep. You just want to sleep. You can't even, you're too tired to even watch a YouTube video. <laughs> you're too tired to even watch a TikTok post or anything. You're just like, I can't, I can't even with any of that. You're too tired to have a conversation. You know, I always get up and drink water and splash water in my face, see if that makes me feel better. And if it doesn't, I I pretty much know it's it's just time to take a nap, accept whatever changes are coming my way, and get to it. So, there's some more pictures of Aurora Borealis on spaceweather.com. Some gorgeous fringe. It's kind of purple and hot pink. A lot more green. It's more normal but very, very pink and purple on the edges. That's pretty beautiful. Um, So uh, Robert Spellman of Apple Valley, California, has taken some pictures of these uh, solar cycle 25 uh, sunspots, the really big ones that just appeared a few days ago. And... It's pretty interesting looking at these. Um, if you've ever wanted to see a sunspot, it's in a black and white. Um, he used a black and white camera, I guess, and that's what's going on with that. Let's see. There are no significant corona holes facing the Earth side of the sun right now. We're still a little leery of what's going on with this giant, giant um sunspot that just appeared so we used to have a big stream of solar wind that was flowing for about five or six days and it's done now which is good that's good you know the CME did break off from the sun it'll hit on the first of November so even though we don't have solar wind we do have a coronal mass ejection you know all that plasma coming our way so there is a brand new sunspot, AR2778 and 2779. And they both have beta class magnetic fields that is harboring energy for C-class solar flares. They're on the lower right half of the sun. And I think by Sunday or Monday, they'll be on the other side of the sun. So whatever they do on the other direction, that's okay. It's not going to affect us. The solar wind speed currently is 440.5 kilometers per second. And the Ulu neutron counts 
is 9.4% of the space age average, which is high, and it's up 0.2% in the past 48 hours. As far as NASA and the all-sky camera, all-sky cameras and the all-sky fireball network, they only found nine fireballs reported over the United States today. And one was a southern tower and eight of them were sporadic. So there's that. Um, Schumann residents today coming out of disclosurenews.it was only 37 hertz frequency. It's not you know, bigger than normal, but not too, too much. So, And the HeartMath Institute, while their site is up and running, they have not yet updated for Tuesday. And so all we still have is numbers from Monday. So there you have it. That's it for uh, my scientific news. It proves that we're all not crazy. <laughs> um trying to think if there's some things I wanted to mention that's been going on around here. I did have a vision on Tuesday. I don't know if any of you had visions on Tuesday of kids, uh, like children, babies. I've been having a lot of very intense and deep prophetic dreams this week, especially on Tuesday. I've been absolutely consciously aware of hopping timelines I'll go to bed and wake up in another timeline and I just feel it. Something's off. Something's different. Um, <laughs> I, my, like I said, my grandbaby who is, has not been born yet. Um, and it's from my twin flames family side of the family and is from one of his children. And I haven't, um, I mean, this person's not going to be born yet. Not for a couple years. But she's been, I don't want to say haunting me, pre-haunting me. I don't know what it's called, but she's been visiting me in her little white spirit body. And the only time this ever happened before in my life was when my daughter came to me 10 years before she was born to try to get me, you know, to go in the right direction. And when I met her dad, it was like she was constantly with us. He was seeing her. I was seeing her out of the corner of our eye. It was really intense. And here comes my grandbaby again. And on Tuesday, as I laid down to go to sleep, Tuesday evening, and I just started to fall asleep and I had a vision, a really intense vision, where my granddaughter was a little newborn baby in my arms, swaddled in her little blanket. And I looked into the face of my beautiful twin flame and I said, here, grandpa, it's your turn to hold her. And we both had tears in our eyes and I handed the baby off and we kissed. And then I just snapped out of the vision and I sat up and I went, holy moly, that's more concrete. As of, as far as visions go, that was more concrete um, than anything I've had in the past year. So um, if you are a twin flame and you haven't met your other half yet, it's on its way. And if you're having these kinds of things like flashes, insights, visions, sudden knowingness, or you see someone running through your house who's (laughs) very tiny, you know, maybe you have a kid coming or a a grandkid coming. uh, These are signs and the veils between the worlds are very thin right now. I mean, on through November 2nd. 
You know, this is pretty wild time of year. Anyway, Halloween and all that. So those kind of things are happening. I know that there's a lot more fairy folk in my house. I think they're coming to see the kitten. I think that's what the kitten is seeing. She keeps trying to climb the walls and she's swatting at things that no one else can see. So (laughs) I think that she's playing with the fairies and she's very, very gentle. Like she'll attack my feet, but with her claws in. So it's just like a little boop. And then she runs off really fast and she'll run back and boop my foot again and run off real fast. So she's been doing really well. And, but I, I feel like she's seen something there and I feel like it's not just me. I'm not the only one. I can't be, I can't be the only one. So it is what it is, you know, um, we're getting there. We're get. we're moving up, 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 up. You want to keep going to the highest vibrational timeline. Just keep increasing your vibration. You want to be with any of the things we talked about already. Just keep on doing the affirmations. You've got to get it into your brain, you know, and that's, I wanted to make it a little bit more con- concrete today with actual words that are scientific <laughs> like reticular activating system. Cause that's true. That's a real thing. And if you work your world, you know, mo- you know, you can have a magical world, but when people are calling you airy fairy, new agey, whatever, and it feels insulting to you and you feel like self doubting yourself, you know, law of attraction. That's just airy fairy bunch of BS. It's woo woo. It's hoodoo, whatever. It's like, just, you know, you do you boo. I'll do me. Right. Cause like, but when I tell you that you can reprogram your brain, you can rewire your brain. Quantum mechanics say that we create our own reality by what we think about That's straight up science. No one can argue with science. I mean, unless they're just idiots. And in that case, they're not your friends anyway. Vibe up out of their world. (laughs) That's all I can say. Just vibe up on out, vibe on up into a different timeline. Let's just collapse the one you're on. If you don't like it, just get on up. (laughs) Move on up in vibration and in your loftier thinking. You know, I think that like, I want to be around very wealthy people who got there by working hard and they appreciate, you know, where they used to be. And maybe people that are very deeply spiritual, use the law of attraction and that give back to society. They're not judgmental. They're very loving and accepting. Those are kind of people I want to be friends with. You know, so who do you want to be friends with? You got to think about it. There's been a lot of amazing things in the news and that I haven't had a chance to express. I wanted to say, I think it's wonderful that Pope Francis has said it's okay for gay people to be in relationships and committed partnerships. And you know, that we should no longer judge people like that, like that, whatever. So he said something like that. It was very strange, but the way he put, but you know, he didn't say marriage is okay. Like gay marriage, but he's, inching his way along into a progressive future, which is incredible. And God bless 
Pope Francis for that. I'm glad he somehow made it okay. But he, he kind of put it in a way that we should no longer bully people who are in the community. It's like, well, thank God as someone from inside the community, I am really grateful for that. Like, yeah, obviously stop freaking bullying us. You know, (laughs) I've had religious people say that all gays should be put on a, an Island somewhere where no one has to be bothered by them. He literally said that to me. He said that to me and my friend, John, and we're both bisexual. We were not a couple. We're just hanging out. And we, we took a wrong turn down the street and he, and my friend pulled into this guy's driveway to, uh, like just temporarily to back out. And the guy caught us, wanted to have a conversation. And he was like, well, look, take you, for example, you guys are really nice conservative couple. And you know, you don't want gay people hanging around tempting you. And and my friend looked at me and I looked at him and we were laughing so hard He's like, people like us, people like us. He's like, hmm, gay people belonging on island? Hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's not right. You know, the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And, and he just went off on his diatribe. And my friend's like, well, for, for the record, we're both gay. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, we're both bisexual. We're in the community. And you just said that we're really nice people and you wouldn't mind us to be your neighbors. But you didn't really know us when you said that. You had all these assumptions, just like you have all these assumptions about people in the community. And it was just like, it blew the guy's mind and the guy started crying and he's just like, I'm sorry, I feel like an ass, you know? We're like, yeah, 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 that can happen, you know? <laughs> when you're a bigot, that can actually happen. Um, so it was like one of those moments where we're just like, Ugh, maybe we change this guy's mind and he's not gonna be a bully towards gay people anymore or anybody in the community. And, you know, but thank God this takes... This is like one step closer to people not being bullies, not being judgmental. It's one step closer to everybody coming back into unity, actually having, you know, a beautiful energy, you know, around us. Like we all deserve love, right? No matter who we are, no matter how we identify, you know, whether we're, you know, homosexual or or heterosexual or bisexual or asexual, it doesn't matter. You know, we all deserve equal honor, love, and respect, right? And if you've never seen The Secret movie, by the way, you have to go see The Secret. You have to see it. It is a must-see movie. And you must see it more than once, like 10, 20, 30 times. Because every time you see it, it does something different to your brain where you're going to start to believe in yourself a little bit more. There was a story about a, a, a man who's in the community who was a comedian and people were like, you know, calling him all sorts of horrible names and bullying him and throwing trash at him. And when he started thinking better about himself, all of a sudden people were very nice to him at his work. And, and when he's doing a stand-up comedy, people didn't boo him off the stage anymore. And when he's going home from walking home from work, He was no longer beaten up by hooligans, you know, like suddenly everyone loved and accepted him. The moment he loved and accepted himself because your beliefs create your reality, change your beliefs to get a different reality going. So, so I'm happy that the Pope took that step. Oh my God. First birth control. And now this that's, that's progress. That's intense, right? 
so there were some other things that happened and now I can't exactly remember what it'll come to me probably by tomorrow. There's been a lot of articles on the time crystals. If you're interested, you know, just do a quick search on your favorite search engine. There's, I think popular, um, science had an article. Um, I want to say the Washington post. I saw an article there too. A lot of very strange things about this. A lot of quantum mechanic stuff immediately. A lot of stuff about time travel all of a sudden. A lot of stuff about um, all the atmospheres on all the different moons and planets in the solar system. Out of nowhere, we have this explosion of knowledge. You know, suddenly they know the atmosphere on, on Io. They suddenly they, you know, know what's going on on Venus. Uh, yeah, Venus. And now they're saying that it, they messed up. And so maybe it wasn't a life form or maybe it wasn't, you know, like what they thought a couple weeks ago, they uh, misread it. Now there's a different verdict, I guess. But all this wild planetary stuff, all these new discoveries out of nowhere. Uh, we have a... Um, a comet is it a comet no it's an asteroid which is just a rock floating through space basically and an ast it just became an asteroid or or maybe it's a comet no it's an asteroid that became a comet oh my god i barely even know what the hell these things mean okay <laughs> uh, i'm not an astronomer i love astronomy but i'm not you know i'm just like an armchair astronomer you know so I mean, I look at the sky through the window when I'm sitting. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, it became a comet, and it's in our it's in our galaxy. So it's now shooting and streaking across the sky. I don't know what makes, what sparks just a random rock floating through space. What makes it into a comet where now it has a tail and it's racing its ass across the galaxy or the universe? What makes it do that? I don't even know. But we got a brand new one. <laughs> they just started. They just discovered it like yesterday. The pole shift is underway. According to suspicious observers, the, um, in the past several decades, they discovered that the magma is flowing upwards in Yellowstone and it's moved up like quite, it's quite significant. And they're trying to figure out how space weather has been affecting it lately. They're worried, of course, about always, always worried about the Yellowstone going off, which is a massive super volcano below a big hole in the center of the United States if it goes off. So it's very, very, very scary. And so they're trying to, you know, they're obviously constantly studying this. And there's a brand new discovery that was just made. Um, and it was just reported recently, like yesterday or the day before about that where the lake has been rising and it's not because of rain it's because of the magma underneath has been building up from the super volcano so they're still trying to figure out why that is and what's going on there but it the seismic activity lots more earthquakes than usual and apparently overall there's been a lot more volcano um, explosions going off around the world and I guess the last ice age what happened was and this is super creepy. I didn't know that 
all of the population of the earth died except for 11,000 people. I don't know about you guys, but don't you find that very, very odd and creepy? Like a lot of us are more related than we thought. That's creepy as hell. So that was some of the news that has come around. Um, A lot of it is very, very odd. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. And by the way, I don't have a sponsor anymore. Um, Anchor has paused the sponsorship for now. They're looking for a new one for me. So enjoy this commercial-free episode tonight. For tomorrow, maybe I'll have a sponsor, hopefully. Fingers crossed. By Monday, at least, I will definitely have a sponsor. And so tonight, I'm going to take a quick break. But for you, it's going to be a teeny tiny music interlude and then back to me. So you got like 30 seconds or less. (laughs) All right. I will be right back. guys uh this time of year is spooky and weird so we're going to start off with some spooky things literally spooky ghosts as we go back and revisit the article we started last week we're gonna go over the last nine most haunted places on earth (laughs) that are also beautiful to look at And then we're going to look at 12 places that might just very well be portals to hell. (laughs) And then we're going to round out the evening with a really fun quiz on Mandela effects. So there you go. This is my Halloween special. And we started it last week with a hunting-ish (laughs) episode and well we're going to finish that and here we go Uh, this is taken from Condonast Traveler so the next uh, place on our list that is very very haunted is Lawang Sewu in Semarang Indonesia now I swear I didn't read this last week but maybe I did so forgive me if I actually did read this one last week Uh, This was built in the early 20th century by Dutch colonists, or colonialists. Ooh, that's even worse than colonists. Uh, This is called the Thousand Doors, Loang Sewu. That's what that means. And it served as the head office for the Dutch East India, Dutch East Indian Railway Company before the Japanese turned it into a detention camp during World War II. During the war, many harsh interrogations, tortures, and violent executions occurred within the building's walls, all of which contributed to the current status as the most haunted site in Indonesia. So it's free to visit if you're a tourist. You can just um, maybe find out from the Ministry of Tourism how to get there. It is an abandoned site today, and... You might want to go and check it out. See if uh, you too can confirm that there really are ghosts haunting the place. The next place was a, uh, this is a place that I actually mentioned last week. I didn't know it was on the list. Uh, 
so it's funny to look at it now. This is the forest in Japan called Aokigahara. Aokigahara. Uh, so, okay, maybe I can't say it. <laughs> A-O-K-I-G-A-H-A-R-A. Aokigahara Forest in Japan. It's really, really beautiful enough if you look at the picture here. But it's at the foot, the, the foot, the foot of Mount Fuji. And it's a beautiful, serene looking forest. But what they call this place, what the Japanese people call this place, is the suicide forest. Yeah, it's the home to many, many ghosts. It has been the site of over 500 reported suicides since the 1950s. Some blame the trend on the forest association with demons in Japanese. Well, they're saying mythology, but demons are real. So I guess if you go there, you might be haunted and tormented by the demons that inhabit the forest. And hence you may wish to off yourself. Uh, some people also point that out that there's a large underground uh, deposit of iron and it interferes the compasses and you can get lost really easily there. And well, if you can't get out of the forest, you can't go down the road to the nearest uh, Japanese burger joint. I don't know. Do they have those? I don't know. Maybe people just starve to death in there because they uh, can't get out because the iron deposits, that's also pretty crazy. In fact, they say many hikers will mark their path with tape or even string. Well, at least it's not breadcrumbs, am I right? (laughs) To find their way easier back out of the forest again. So at least it's not everybody that goes there. It's just some people that get annoyed with, you know, the demons annoy them. Anyway, the next place is in, and by the way, you know what, before we get into the next place, I read a really cool, or actually watched a really cool video today by Sadguru, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U, that's his name, he is a uh, supposed spiritual master, I think he is, I feel that he is, but, um, and that's what it says on his uh, YouTube channel. But a lot of people call themselves that, and they really aren't. But I think he really is. It's just a feeling I get. I will have to continue to look at him, you know, his little videos. But um, I think he's a real deal. Anyway, he said that if you are not spiritual, but you manage to live on this earth in one lifetime under 1,008 moons full moons. That means you have to live to be 84 years old minimum that you will then break the karmic cycle and you don't have to come back. Even if you are not spiritually aware, because that's not everybody's path, right? So I wanted to, you know, speaking of suicide and living and having a reason to live. If you live to be a minimum of 84 years old, you'll never have to come back. So there is, for me, a reason to live. (laughs) At least to be 84. I I just want to point that out. I thought that was pretty darn cool. 
he said, in fact, if you ever know anyone who's 83 and they're cranky and crotchety and negative, and then when they turn 84, they're kind of like relaxed and they're different because the hold, the karmic hold that this place had on them is over. And they feel lighter and freer, more joy-filled, and they're, they're better. So 84, that's a magic number. And here I always thought it was three. <laughs> and for those of you with small children who have watched <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock, you know what I'm talking about. Three is the magic number. <laughs> okay. The next place on our haunted places list is in Tasmania and is Port Arthur. This looks like really like a cool place that, you know, would be fun to visit. But it began as a penal colony. Oh, well, not so much now that I know that. It was built in 1833, and it housed British convicts and was abandoned in 1877. I like those numbers, 33 and 77. That's very strange, isn't it? So during this time, this was an inescapable island that focused on correcting the morality of the inmates and they used methods like solitary confinement and mandatory church services well none of that shit's gonna work but okay (laughs) the settlement was a destination for a lot of tourists of course but when it was abandoned um, in 1979 it was officially labeled as a historical site, I guess, to preserve it. So today, um, the New York Times describes this place as an impressive apparatus for remembering, complete with a fairy interactive exhibit for children and well-trained guides. Well, that sounds kind of creepy, though, for what it is. And they do have ghost tours available of the ruins and the open-air museum as well as a nearby Isle of the Dead, which is housing for the bodies of the deceased convicts and the ones that are in unmarked graves. So that's not, I mean, for our intents and purposes tonight, sure, that's great. That's not all that good. Yuck, right? Okay. Taj Mahal. I did not know the Taj Mahal was haunted. Did you? In Mumbai, India, the Taj Mahal Palace. It's pretty much kind of a mausoleum. I mean, this guy, he was Muslim. He built this beautiful place for his wife. She died during the construction because it took so long. And um, I, I didn't even know it was haunted. That's crazy. So this is now a hotel in India. It's one of the best hotels around. And... It's honestly, it's a five-star place. It's right in the heart of the city of Mumbai. And it has obviously amazing views and the interiors are impeccably um, decorated. It's a beautiful place. It's good enough for royalty, they say here in the article. But there's a little bit more of a macabre claim to fame and there's or a mystery surrounding this place. According to the legend, the building's architect jumped to his death from the fifth floor. 
after he discovered the hotel was facing the wrong direction. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Maybe it was a wobble of the earth. It took forever to build this place. I mean, the sun will rise in one part of the sky and then six months later, it's in a completely different part of the sky. Maybe it was facing the right angle and he was just not thinking about that. That's terrible. Anyway, his spirit does roam the halls and it runs into guests. He he runs into guests in the hallways and he walks around on top of the roof apparently quite often. Ooh, 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 ooh. You can't be eating my earbuds, sweetheart. (laughs) My cat, well, she hates if I wear a, a shirt that has holes in it It doesn't look good. She's a fashion police cat and she'll attack the outfits she doesn't like. And she also hates earbuds. (laughs) But now she's attacking my notebook, so maybe she's just in an attacky mood. There you go, honey. (laughs) She she has her toys in my room and I, I make toys out of, I upcycle stuff for her all the time. So she always has new stuff to play with and She's growing like crazy, but she's now attacking my notebook. She's enjoying that. All right. Onward and upward to Charleston, South Carolina, to the Dock Street Theater. And it was renovated in 2010. It's downtown in Charleston. And, you know, they have concerts and plays and stuff throughout the year. Yeah, well, probably not this year. But the site has a tumultuous history, according to the website of the city. In 1740, the building suffered damage from an earthquake after the original theater there uh, burned down to the ground in a fire before that. And in 1886, during this earthquake, I guess the fire was in 1740, and in 1886 was the earthquake, and then it was abandoned and fell into disrepair until the early 20th century. So what makes this place spooky is a prostitute named Nettie Dickerson was supposedly struck by lightning. Oh, she became a lightning shaman while standing in the balcony in the mid 1800s. Oh, I guess it killed her. That's not good. And her ghost is set to glide along the theater's second floor. Well, that might be interesting to see. Oh, Oh yes, of course. In San Jose, California, that's where we go next. We went to the East Coast. Now we go to the Left Coast. Winchester Mystery House, of course. After um, William Winchester uh, died, his wife, Sarah Winchester, commissioned a Victorian labyrinth. <laughs> it was her house. And she designed it to repel vengeful spirits of all the lives taken by the Winchester rifle. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, it's a very famous rifle in the 1800s, and she felt like the uh, well, her husband probably reaped a lot of karma with that one, creating this gun. <laughs> so basically, uh, the sprawling Queen Anne mansion has four stories, 160 rooms, because she just never stopped building, 10,000 window panes, 47 stairways, 
and is appointed with very curious things like, you know, staircases lead into nothing directly into the ceiling and windows that open into secret passageways. And there was a lineup of activities last year for Halloween, which is too bad that Halloween's canceled in the the whole world this year. But it sounded like it would have been super weird and fun. The Winchester Mystery House. Next place we go to is, well, far, far away, down under to Canberra, Australia. Much like the Savannah, the entire city of Canberra is a paranormal hotspot. Ooh, that sounds really kind of fun if you're up for that sort of thing. It's, they, they, it says, especially when it comes to the buildings in the parliamentary triangle. Well, that sounds interesting. There's a four-star hotel there that has some serious A-list ghosts roaming the halls. This is the Hotel Kurajan. And the ghost of the Prime Minister, Ben Chifley, died on June 13, 1951. He had a heart attack in room 214. And his gray-suited ghost (laughs) appears in the same room from time to time. That's really creepy. And the um, old Parliament House itself has reported that security guards and cleaning staff have reported hearing their names whispered in the nighttime. Well, that's really, really creepy. Next place is in Malaysia, the first world hotel in Pahang. Well, this looks like a happy enough place. Looks like something out of someone's dreams or possibly nightmares. It's painted in wild rainbow colors, but very strange, like kind of flesh colored in orange and kind of a sickly blue. I don't like the way it's painted. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it looks happy ish. Maybe it's just the lighting. Maybe it's my device. Maybe in person it's prettier. Crazy has 7,351 rooms. Oh my gosh. This first world hotel. Make sure it has something for everyone in the massive guest list. There's an indoor theme park for thrill seekers. Oh, that sounds fun, actually. A tropical rainforest for nature lovers. And a touch of paranormal activity for, well, the ghost lovers, right? Many legends involve the ghosts that wander around, the ones that are high-rolling gamblers who committed suicide after losing everything at the in-house casinos. And after staying in the hotel, one person on TripAdvisor said uh, there was unseen forces pressing onto my body while sleeping. Well, that's creepy as hell. In Canada, in Ontario, the Carl Beck house. This is like a beautiful place. This looks like one of those places. I kind of dream of these kind of um, this kind of architecture quite often. This is really beautiful. Built by lumber magnate Carl Beck in the late 1800s. This is a house in the city of, I cannot even say this, Penitanguishini. I don't even know if that's right. Anyway, it's one of the most haunted houses in Ontario, Canada. According to the legend, uh, Beck lived with his family there in this house after his wife died. And his oldest daughter was put in charge of raising the younger kids. 
And when he died, inexplicably, after he put his oldest in charge of all the kids, he only left one dollar to her in his will. What a slap in the face. So now there's an angry female ghost, which everyone presumes is Mary. And then she appears in the upstairs windows once in a great while. You'll probably haunt the house too if your dad only gave you a dollar inheritance. And then they said hashtag Team Mary. Yeah, no kidding, right? So any travelers curious in Victorian architecture with the side of paranormal, <laughs> you can actually go spend $95 a night on Airbnb to rent the Carlbeck house. Very interesting. Well, there you have it. Um, so that was that article. Um, now we're going to go to something slightly more sinister. Places that appear to be a portal to hell. <laughs> the underworld. Do they wear underwear in the underworld? <laughs> we will never know. Sometimes the earth's surfaces uh, tend to fall through. <laughs> and forms abscess... abscess uh, I'm, I'm like abscess? No, it's kind of like an abscess for the earth. Abysses, thank you very much. Abysses of varying degrees of depth. Oftentimes it is nature that's responsible for the tricks. Sometimes it's humans who cause them. So mystics and scientists might be arguing about the origin of the places, but tourists just go there to get a, a crazy photo, basically. This article is from Brightside, brightside.me. Pretty cool website actually so here is a list of the creepiest and the deepest <laughs> oh you didn't say that it says creepiest and deepest portals which look like portals to hell <laughs> where you could go on a trip to the earth's core oh yeah you can't don't do that don't go inside the freaking earth because there are beings in there you don't know what kind of animals that will eat you in there. I don't go. Don't, 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 don't go in the center of the earth. Nope. Okay. <laughs> First place is in Darvaza, Turkmenistan. This is a place literally called the gates of hell. So this story is pretty messed up, man. There's a funny, really funny picture of these guys they look like twin brothers and they're making crazy faces with the fire in the background. I would totally be doing the same thing. <laughs> it's really funny. Honestly, brightside.me is worth visiting this website. So this is a gas crater and created by people. Ugh. It is literally called the gates of hell and it's been there for a half of a century. The fire was lit in 1971 and it has been burning there. The ground collapsed when a team was drilling uh, for natural gas, or I guess they were just drilling in general, and natural gas came out, and they thought, well, hey, let's just let a match, throw it in there. It'll burn out two, three days. We could continue to drill. <laughs> Au contraire, mon frere. That did not work out. Uh, they thought it wasn't going to harm anybody. It would be like, no big deal, fine, great. Well, their calculations were freaking off. 
that flame has been burning there (laughs) and it's been a three foot or more high fire burning there since well 1971 it's still burning right now so what the hell were they thinking that's crazy right so the hole itself is 200 feet in diameter and it is 65 feet deep and it's just constantly on fire I guess so there's that then (laughs) the second place portal to hell (laughs) to the underworld is St. Patrick's Well in Orvieto Italy so it's a very evil looking well built with noble intentions though to provide the city with water of course during the siege I don't know which siege they're talking about but let's roll with that It was created under the church's patronage and started to be built in 1527 when Pope Clement VII settled in Orvieto after the sack of Rome. In the event of a siege, water was transported through the well by mules to the Abornos Fortress. That is actually strange and very eerie though that was crazy okay the third one is a crater of Mount Yasur in Vanuatu Island okay this is an active volcano as you know Vanuatu we report on this every every few weeks on the show on Fridays during the earth changes report so the last eruption of this place took occurred uh, in 2017 and the tribes that lived on the island believe that there's an ancient deity living inside the crater, crater of the volcano and this deity will get furious if anyone bothers him so only the elders and the shamans can go up to the volcano everyone else must stay away so as not to anger the deity that lives inside the volcano well tourists also go so that's uh, maybe not good right they want to go up and climb Mount Yasser because it's one of the most reachable reachable volcanoes in the world so you know there it is the next place is the big hole in Kimberley South Africa I've heard of this place on Art Bell I'm pretty sure The Big Hole is a non-active mine in Kimberley City. It's hard to imagine, but people were pursuing uh, diamonds. And they used this, they, they literally used no equipment. They just, I don't know what, dug it out with their shoes, plastic bowls. I don't know what they did. But without any equipment, they managed to dig this hole. They figured diamonds are down there. So... The good news is that they were right. The De Beers diamond weighing 428.5 carats was uncovered there. So there it is. The big hole in South Africa. It's crazy when you see there's like a city in the background and this big hole. But um, depending on how deep it is, I mean, that's that's kind of scary. Speaking of holes, there's a great blue hole 
in the Belize barrier reef. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this picture. It's, it's uh, pretty wild. It's like dark blue. So they called a giant marine sinkhole has a diameter of 1000 feet and it is 400 feet deep and it just one day formed naturally. The destination attracts people, of course, uh, because it's so mysterious, but what's really creepy is a lot of people die there. It has an unofficial name called the diver's cemetery. Well, that's creepy. The hole has the unofficial name, but the fact is that the depth is suitable only for very experienced divers. And well, if you're a newbie, it's just, it's not going to happen. Don't even bother. So a lot of people die because of how deep that place is. I guess the next place is in Portugal's the inverted tower of Masons. Wow. Very crazy looking. You have to go check out brightside.me to check this out. There was a mysterious well built at the beginning of the last century in Portugal in a town called Sintra. And it is a transition from darkness to light. There's a spiral staircase that surrounds the well symbolizing the passing of the circles of heaven or hell. It just depends on what direction you go. (laughs) Well, that's creepy. So some time ago here in the initiation well, Masons used to perform their initiation rites there. The depth of construction is impressive. A 10-story building could actually fit inside of it. So that's pretty crazy. Oh, this place is really, really strange. A spillway into a dam's reservoir in Northern California. It just looks like a beautiful lake or a river. And there's a giant hole in it. It looks like everything's being drained out. So the largest man-made, okay, well, at least it's man-made hole, is located in the U.S. in Northern California. It's a spillway. It's extremely impressive. And lots of water crashes down in just seconds. The construction was built 50 years ago and it induces intense feelings in tourists from all over the world. I don't know. It just, to me, it looks like the anus of the lake. You've got to see this. (laughs) It just looks like a big a-hole in the center of the lake. It's really crazy. Brightside.me. You'll see it. I mean, you'll know, you'll laugh, you'll laugh, you'll cry. You'll kiss your five bucks. Goodbye. No, (laughs) just kidding. The website's free. All right. The next place, uh, that is a portal to hell or the underworld is Er Wang Dong in China. That's looking pretty crazy. There's a lot of pictures here, so hold on. Okay, so a lot of uh, spelunkers in China accidentally discovered a system of caves that are enormous there. So there's, like, fish that have never seen the light of day. They're, like, pale pink. 
flesh color that's creepy so they have their own ecosystem you can dive into fog dive into fog or watch clouds from inside the caves that's very very strange the underground rivers and lakes in the cave system are inhabited by living things that aren't found anywhere else on earth there's even albino fish it's really crazy yeah they don't have any eyesight they don't need color because they're always in total darkness that's very sad alright the next place is in Austria Eisrewenwelt I am not going to attempt that one again that's crazy um this is a cave that is 5,000 feet deep. Or I'm sorry, it's, it's located at a height of more than 5,000 feet. But the name of it is, ooh, the world of the ice giants. That's really creepy. So, wow. It's the biggest ice cave in the world. It's 26 miles in length and 1,300 feet in depth. The volume of ice grows or growths is more than 1 million cubic feet. So you have to walk up 5,000 feet to reach the cave. And then it says something about a funicular. I have no idea what they're talking about. So moving right along. Oh yeah, the Guatemala City sinkhole. This is terrifying. Right before I moved to Guatemala, this happened. This is just random. It just happened out of nowhere. So it just it was created naturally in the in 2010. Three-story factory together with a house standing next to it collapsed under the ground in one of Guatemala's districts, right in the middle of the day, a big hole just appeared in place of all the former buildings. And this guy who uh, got these pictures, I think he lost his life. I think. I think I heard that there was something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I remember reading a news report about this. In fact, I think a few people fell in that hole. Like, I think... There was a guy getting into his car or driving. But maybe that was a different sinkhole. I don't know. It's what I remember, though. All right. The next place is in Venezuela. It's Cerro Sarisariñama. Sarisariñama. There we go. Cerro Sarisariñama in Venezuela. There we go. Ooh, it took me three times to get that one. Oh, this is huge. There's, there's people like spelunking, or is it called spelunking if you're on a rope going down? I know spelunking is when you go into a cave. In a way, it's what they're doing. So this is among the uh, Tepuis, or the Flat Top Mountains. And this is a place that's very isolated from the rest of the world in Venezuela, which now most of us can't even get into the country if we wanted to. You know, because of politics and the di dictator living there. But hundreds of years ago, enormous sinkholes were formed in this 
place. That's really crazy. I did not know that. The biggest ones are located in Mount Sarasari Nyama in the state of Bolivar in Venezuela. And what they discovered was a separate living ecosystem at the bottom of the holes, isolating the rest of the world. And there are bigger trees inside of it too. So it does sound like a real underworld. It sounds like what we've talked about on the show a little bit before, you know, thinking that that inner earth thing, that middle earth is actually inhabitable. It's kind of weird and creepy. Next place is the ice caves, the Movsky ice caves in Russia. This is eerie because even though they're ice caves, there's a bunch of red light in there. I don't know what that is. So hopefully it'll clear it up in a minute. The Mutnovsky volcano, where scientists discovered the ice cave, is in, of course, Kamchatka. I could have guessed. I could have just shut my eyes and said, I know it's Kamchatka. It just felt like it. Because that volcano's been going off consistently for weeks. Maybe longer. So the volcano and the ice cave are totally okay living next to each other. Well, opposites do attract, I guess. So, since the glaciers have been actively melting, though, the upper layer of the cave has become very thin. But the backdrop is uh, fantastic, colorful pictures on its arches. I don't know why they put that there. That was weird. I mean, they said something that was like really sad and then, and profound. And then, you know, it's a background for colorful pictures. It's like, it's a very sad and horrible place, but you have t-shirts you could buy, you know, what (laughs) read the room, you know, before you say random shallow stuff. That's crazy. I mean, you can take colorful pictures there. It's really beautiful, but I mean, that, that's scary to me. That's very scary. That volcano is going off all the time, man. The fact that the cave walls become very thin, that could become a sinkhole. That's really scary. So there you go. That's it for our unearthly landscapes, places to hell, portals to hell. I wonder if there's other ways you could just like walk on in. I'm sure there are just caves, entryways, just walk on in and just keep walking until now you're living in the center of the earth. It's kind of creepy to me, but it it is a real, uh, I think it's a real thing. I think the people do live there. Too many stories from too many cultures suggest that it's real. You know, from the the Hopi to people in Peru to Admiral Bird flying over Antarctica and seeing the hole and flying into the center of the earth, literally. And I think it's all real. Anyway, last but not least in our 
unholy trilogy of Halloween horrors. <laughs> it's not that bad, is it? This is metaphysical soul speak, so it's not. It's never going to be that bad. Uh, we're going to talk about Mandela effects that were listed by all time on YouTube. I highly recommend just subscribing to the channel now if you like weird stuff like this. If you have a penchant for the Mandela effect. What is the Mandela effect, you ask? If you're new to this concept, this might blow your mind. So as we're going along living our life and looking at things in our pop culture, decades can go by and then all of a sudden we realize... Oh crap, we've remembered something wrong. Well, that's weird. But why is it called Mandela? And maybe we didn't remember it wrong. Maybe we hopped a timeline and our memory is still intact from what it used to be. That's what my theory is. But the Mandela effect is, is named so because of Nelson Mandela when every you know everyone knew that he was you know, the president and he ended up, he was going to go to jail, but his wife decided to go in his place. Somehow the government agreed to that. He ended up being the president and he was an incredible president. Everyone loved him. And then he died in the 1990s. That's what I remember. But apparently what the real reality is, he just died a few years ago after having spent 27 years in jail in prison while his wife became the president and she became very, very corrupt as president. And I think she ended up in jail too. So what the hell, what storage, what story actually happened? You know, that's crazy, right? So that's why, you know, when half the people remember one thing and half the people remember something else and we're all very adamant about our side of it, something's going on and that's, my dears, what they call the Mandela effect. All right. So without further ado, let's get into some of these ones that all time went over today. So, um, King Tut's sarcophagus, you know, what in King Tut's tomb, you know, what, what they put his body inside was gold and blue stripes. Right. And on his crown, or hat or whatever there was an animal there what do you remember there was it a vulture was it a cobra snake maybe it was something both maybe it was both things so which one do you remember most people just remember that there's just a snake there but I remember that there was both that there was a vulture and a snake coming out of his his hat And I remember thinking how awkward that looks, but many people don't remember the uh, vulture part. All right. So the next one is, uh, the exorcist, the movie from 1973, there's a scene where the little girl Regan is tied to the bed because she's obviously possessed by a demon. So this is the question in this movie. If you remember seeing the exorcist did in fact 
the little girl Regan, did she have a feeding tube attached to her face while she was possessed and chained to the hospital bed? Take a couple seconds and answer that. All right, so I only saw this movie once a long, long time ago, and no, I don't remember a feeding tube because how could she do her demonic thing because she's got something covering her face you know it's kind of creepy so anyway um, apparently now if you go back and look at the movie now uh, there is a feeding tube that's very very odd I don't know alright so we're going to the next one Um, H.G. Wells (laughs) War of the Worlds This was aired in 1938, the year my father was born, actually, on October 30th. Oh, my dad was born on the 12th, so he was old enough to hear this. (laughs) If my grandma had it on the radio. And this is kind of like a prank, meant to be a prank. It was the day before Halloween. It was trying to get people spooky in the spirit of things. H.G. Wells wrote it and Orson Welles narrated it and everyone was so excited about like you know I mean you know that we're gonna put it out to the public but when they played it for the public they thought it was a real news report and they got terrified and they were like crashing into each other and jumping off buildings and freaking out totally they were so scared that a real actual invasion had happened so that's how I remember it anyway. Do you guys remember it that no one was really affected, everyone was calm? Or do you remember it that everyone t- completely freaked out and it was a mass hysteria? I recall the mass hysteria. So, all right, you have, you've, I've given you time to think, so guess what? Yeah, it's actually... Now, when you look at it, uh, no, no one really panicked. No one did anything. No one cared. I mean, I remember this being like a really, really intense. I mean, I remember everyone panicking and freaking out. So this is what happened now is the complete opposite of what I remember about this. All right. In the Salem witch trials, we went over this in our first or second Mandela Effect episode last year uh, in Salem, Massachusetts. Now, during the craze when everyone was being accused of being a witch, and there were some witches, of course, but you know, just people that work with herbs and they were like midwives. It wasn't as evil and sinister as it was, you know, Uh, told like you know everyone everyone thought it was just like you know the witches run around and they're evil and they're destroying our crops are really bad and so the witch hunts it, it ensued and that's not really what was happening but I mean I'm sure there might be one or two bad eggs in every group so maybe there's one or two bad witches but all of a sudden everyone who was remotely kind of maybe like a witch I mean if you dry herbs in your kitchen back in those days you're a witch witch it's so dumb but it's just a weird part of history anyway uh, a lot of people remember that the witches in Salem Massachusetts were burned at the stake 
or they were drowned in 1692. What do you remember? I'll give you a couple seconds to, you know, how, how did the witches and the Salem witch trials die when they were put to death? Were they drowned in water? Were they burned at the stake? All right, this is a trick question, guys. They were actually hung, every last one, around the rope, around the neck by a rope until dead. Oh, that's it, hung. Now, there was one exclusion to this rule. One man accused of witchcraft was pressed under heavy stones. I think they put a board on top of him and then just laid a bunch of stones on him until he died. I guess, I don't know if he had been a witch that that they presumed that he could have stopped that. I I don't know. It's kind of crazy, right? But no one, not one was burned at the stake and not one witch was drowned in Salem, Massachusetts now. So that's a Mandela effect. Some people remember it one way and other people remember it another way. So Interview with a Vampire was a movie that came out in 1994, right when I graduated from university (laughs) that fall I remember Anne Rice was angry because she felt like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise were shallow Um, she didn't think they had any talent she called them like shallow and she called them uh, just like not very good actors I mean she attacked their acting they were just shallow Hollywood pretty boys I think is what she called them so something like that or to that effect. And they went ahead and made the movie anyway. And when they made the movie, Anne Rice went, she was there at the premiere. And afterwards she took out a two page ad in the Los Angeles times, completely and totally apologizing for her ignorant insensitivity and judgmental attitude towards Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, who both played in this movie. And she said their performance, their performances were impeccable. It's everything she thought and, and felt in her mind's eye when she wrote the book. So how do you remember the name of this, the title of this place? I mean, the, I mean, title of this book, I mean, oh my God, of the movie, the movie itself, when it came out in the theaters or when you've seen it on DVD or whatever, is it interview with a vampire or interview with the vampire? Okay. Give you a couple seconds to decide. All right. So it is actually, the answer is interview with the vampire. Oh my God, I had no idea. I remember it as interview with a vampire. I even bought the movie years ago on, I, I had it in my house. I'm certain it was interview with a vampire, which insinuates there's more than one, which in the movie, I think there were. So, you know, of course there were. Yeah, say the word vampire, and here comes the black kitty immediately. <laughs> and now she's staring at the wall again at God knows what. So there's that. 
All right, so the next one comes from the 1931 movie Frankenstein. Speaking of Halloween themes, <laughs> first we went from vampires. I mean, seriously, we're talking about an alien invasion. We've talked about witch trials. Um, the Exorcist, which is exorcising demons. King Tut, which is a lot of spooky things surrounding the Egyptian stuff there. Frankenstein's monster, which followed the vampires. So it's all very Halloween-y, I think. All right, so Frankenstein's monster was a movie in 1931. What did he have coming out of his neck? Were they electrodes or bolts? Just think about that for a minute. What did he come? What did he have coming out of his neck on the sides? 1931 movie, Frankenstein's monster. All right, so guess what? It was not bolts like everyone thought. It's electrodes. That's really, really weird. I always thought it was bolts. So I wonder how many of you remember it a different way. So that's really crazy, right? Um, and I wrote something that I cannot read. I can't read my own writing. All right, so the next one, this one's near and dear to my heart. Every Thanksgiving, every Halloween, I try to make it a point to watch The Twilight Zone. Oh, I love this show. My friend, Grandma Marion, Reverend Marion Jones, who I did a series of episodes on her last year, she was really good friends with Rod Serling because he attended her church where she was and where George, her husband was, they were the ordained ministers and they had their own church. It was kind of a traditional, you know, Christian Baptist church, but on the weekends they would have metaphysical classes and she would train people in the very things that I am slowly but surely training all of you in as well. But she was very, very good friends with a lot of people, a lot of famous people, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. I mean, she had a picture up in her house that I wish, to this very day, I wish I had that, that picture. It was Ronald Reagan. Someone had just told a joke, and he was laughing, and he had kicked his leg up in the air, and Marion snapped the shot of him. And that was in her own backyard. They had been having a barbecue with the Reagans and a bunch of different people from church. It was like a church uh, picnic, barbecue. Anyway, Rod Serling was a very, very good friend of hers. And they had met and they would get together for lunch a lot and just discuss things. And every now and again, he'd give her a call. And even when he moved away from Los Angeles for a while, I think he was like in Arizona for a minute. And then he was, I think, back east. But the whole time they were friends, he would just call her up and discuss ideas. You know, I had an idea for a show, or I can't, maybe my mind is blocked and I don't have an idea. Well, Grandma Marion, Reverend Marion Jones, oftentimes would um, not really write the shows, but give him the ideas. A lot of the creepier ones are actually true stories that come out of West Virginia things that she witnessed or, or that people she knew witnessed. So I wanted to mention that because that's pretty damn cool. Anyway, who was the host of the show? Was it Rod Serling or was it Rod Sterling? It seems to be a pretty 50-50 split. 
half the people remember his last name being Sterling. Half the people think his name was Sterling. All right. So I'm going to tell you the real, the real uh, name is Rod Sterling without the T. That was his real name. But, um, a lot of people swear up and down. It was always Rod Sterling and no, it wasn't. All right. Next, we're going to go to a really fun movie that my brother and I went to in 1984. We saw it in the theater. Oh, it was so good. So good. Gremlins, (laughs) Steven Spielberg's fun, loving, horrific movie. I think it was, came out around Halloween. So when the cute little fur ball turned into the gremlin and he was leading all the other gremlins, was his name Spike or Stripe? Because I remember it being Spike. Actually, his name was Stripe. Very, very weird. And there's two more, two more Halloween-ish related ones regarding candy. Remember Sweet Tarts? How did they spell it? Was it sweet tarts, two words? Sweet tarts with only one T in the middle and one word? Or was it sweet hearts? I remember it being sweet hearts for a while. And I remember they changed it later to sweet tarts with only one T. But what it actually is, is sweet arts. S-W-E-E-T-A-R-T-S, one word. Very weird, right? There's another uh, candy I never heard of. Cow tails or cow tails. T-A-L-E-S, like stories. Or T-A-I-L-S, like they look like cow tails. What, what was a candy's name? I think it was something from back east. I never knew this one. So I couldn't answer. But apparently it's cow tails, like stories. T-A-L-E-S. And last but not least, we come to the very last one. And this is a scary movie. Scary Movie 2 in 2001, and I never saw this movie. But David Cross's character was uh, dangling out a window, and the butler put his hand out, his tiny, weird, deformed little hand out, and what did he say to him? Did he say, as the butler was saving him, did the butler say, take my hand, or take my strong hand, Because obviously the joke would be that his weird little deformed hand was the least strong hand of the two. Everyone remembers it as, take my strong hand. And yet the real line was, take my hand. Totally freaky, right? So in the comments of all time, somebody said, nope, 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 nope. It was take my strong hand because she has a dog who has a deformed paw. And she says, shake my paw and he'll shake her paw or her hand with his good leg. And then she says, take my strong hand. And he always shakes with his deformed leg is a trick. She taught him years ago because that's a line from her favorite movie. Oh my God. Totally crazy. Right? Well, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak the podcast. If you want to, Uh, like, share, subscribe, favorite, and forward all that. Thank you so much. If you want to tell everybody in your Facebook groups and Twitter and, and Tumblr and all the places, maybe even TikTok and Instagram, if you want to do that, tell people it's at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical or 
just tell people I'm, I am syndicated internationally. So I'm on Spotify and everything else. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcaster, The Works, CastBox, of course. So um, thank you for that. I'll be back tomorrow with the Earth Changes Report and Weekly World News. So I'll be back tomorrow. That means with all unique and original programming, just like always. And well, with that, I'm going to sign off because I'm running out of time and it's getting late. <laughs> I don't know if you're my cat meowing, but she's telling me it's, it's time to go to bed, mommy. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. Thank you for being on the spiritual journey with me. <laughs> and I'm glad we're all in this together. I'm signing off now with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.